Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live uh, on this beautiful Monday afternoon here in uh, Denver, Colorado. Such a privilege to be able to be with you today to to just talk about the things that God is doing in life and to be able to share that life together in Christ. Hey, my name is Cody King. I am the uh, your host today. I'm the lead and founding pastor at uh, Redemption Calvary, and I'm here to take your calls, answer your questions, and uh, to be able to pray with you if you have some prayer requests. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 uh, with your uh, questions and prayer requests, or you can also send me a text at 720-336-0897. Again, my name's Cody King. I'm the uh, founding and lead pastor of Redemption Calvary. Uh, We are located in Commerce City here in the Metro Denver area on 104th Avenue. We're about a mile east of Highway 2, uh, and we've got two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m., and 11 a.m. I would love to have you join us uh, on a Sunday. And if you end up coming as a result of hearing either our radio program or even listening to me here uh, on on uh, Calvary Live today, I'd love for you to just send me that feedback. Let me know that uh, you showed up and and you heard us on the radio. So if you need directions or you want to listen to messages or check out information about the church, you can visit our website. That's redemptioncalvary.org, redemptioncalvary.org. Uh, and uh, check out information there. Also, you can listen to our radio program. It's uh, Redemption Radio. It's here on Grace FM weeknights at 8 p.m., also Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Uh, I also want to welcome our listeners on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Also, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Kentucky, <laughs> if you're hearing this broadcast, uh, then you're hearing it on a one-week delay. So I uh, just want to encourage you as you're thinking about uh, calling in, uh, you can call in. We're still here. We're still ready to receive your questions and pray with you. Um, but uh, we're, you're on a one-week delay, and so uh, just keep that in mind. But uh, we're still here for for you. Give me a call at 303-690-3000, or you can also text in your prayer requests to 720-336-0897. Hey, I wanted to let you know something uh, about something that's coming up. I've recently been able to get involved with this, uh, and it's just an exciting thing to me because I really love the privilege and opportunity to be able to be a part of it. It's something called the Expositors Collective, and uh, maybe you've heard it mentioned, maybe you haven't, but uh, I'm really passionate about it. I really love what's happening with the the Expositors Collective. It's a 24-hour intensive seminar that's designed for young preachers and teachers. Uh, Really, it's for men and women, ages 18 to 34. And uh, essentially what this does is it targets the idea over this 24-hour time frame to be trained, equipped, and mentored in how to teach and preach the Bible with power and precision. Uh, among the the different teachers that are there uh, uh, as a as a way to be a part of it is um, one of my 
um, mentors, I guess I would say mentors from afar. I don't think he knows he's my mentor. Uh, but that's one of the great things about the internet is you can have mentors that uh, don't know you necessarily. But, uh, David Guzik is, is one of the teachers there and he's just a tremendous man uh, filled with wisdom and knowledge. And, uh, so to be able to sit with him and to understand how he approaches Bible study and to be able to ask him questions and, uh, to be able to have him teach you about how to teach and preach the Bible, uh, as well as uh, a number of really well-versed, well-rounded Bible teachers and preachers who have tons of experience to pour into you. Uh, And so if you're interested in that idea, if you think that Bible teaching and preaching is something that may be in your future, or it's something that you're currently doing, or it's just something that you're even interested in, then the Expositors Collective is definitely for you. The next Expositors Collective is going to be held in San Diego on April 5th, through the 6th. Uh, so that's a Friday and Saturday. Uh, and you can get more information about the Expositors Collective by checking out the website. It's expositorscollective.com. And on that website, you'll get a brief rundown of of the what to expect, the kind of classes or the uh, intensives or the modules that we'll be looking at and going through, as well as information and registration and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be there. I've been able to be a part of these. Uh, I I've, I've, uh, was able to be a part of one that we had here in the Denver area, right at Calvary Church. Uh, And then also, uh, I was able to go to Florida for one that was at the end of November. Uh, Just real excited about that and and, uh, looking forward to San Diego now on uh, the 5th and 6th of April. So I hope to see you there. It'll be a great time together. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what God has for us there. Uh, Let's uh, turn to the phone lines now. Uh, We've got a call on line one with Jay from Denver. Uh, Jay, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Jay? Good, good. Um, so I went on a men's retreat this last weekend um, with my buddy's church, and it was a Pentecostal church. <clears throat> and I I go to Calvary, so uh, it was a lot different than okay. than everything that I'm used to. <clears throat> and uh, I was just wondering because uh, I was up there and. They, there was like just a lot of people praying in tongues, like during the church, uh, like before the sermon started, like during prayer time and stuff. Just like everybody in the whole place was like praying in tongues, like and uh, and I I talked to my buddy about it, and I was like, well, in First Corinthians fourteen twenty seven twenty eight, it talks about keeping silent in the church um, if there's not an interpreter and everything. And uh, there was one time during the weekend that there actually was tongues spoken and then an interpretation and that's the way I'm used to it. <clears throat> sure. Um but but they didn't seem to think it was a problem and, and I so they asked their pastor about it and he was saying that uh it it the way he explained it didn't make any sense to me because he was saying, Well that's it's fine to all pray in tongues and everything, but it's talking about like when the person on stage or whatever is that that that, that that's when you do it one to one to three people and then have to have an interpretation. But they didn't see any problem praying in tongues uh, in front of everybody else like all the other times without an interpretation. Sure. So so, uh, so what you're describing is that just kind of everyone's gathered together in sort of like a, a main meeting area, and then just people in general throughout the this area, whether it's a, you know an auditorium or sanctuary or whatever you want to call it, uh, that they're just sort of praying all around you. Is is that what you're describing? 
Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that that's a, a really good question. And um, it, it might take a couple of follow-up questions to kind of think through and to talk through together because there's there's some nuance to it, I guess. Um, I guess the, the first thing that I would start with is just for the sake of, of our listeners uh, and just to kind of describe some of this is to say that there's, if you think of this idea on sort of a, a linear continuum or a, a sliding scale, on one end, you have the idea of uh, what's called cessationism. Uh, and that's where the there's people who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, they died out in the Bible times, and that we don't see those gifts being practiced in the church today. And then on the other end of the, the spectrum, you have people who believe in what's uh, what you would call uh, more like a Pentecostal kind of a thing or a continuationist perspective. Um, and so the continuationist perspective would say that the the gifts of the Holy Spirit still continue on today just the same that they were in Bible times. And, and so when you look at that sliding scale, there are people who are, are in various places along that line and where they fit. And just like you've described, uh, Calvary Chapel, which is most of the teachers that you'll hear on Grace FM, uh, those teachers are going to be along the Calvary Chapel line, and Calvary Chapel tends to try to strike a balance between those ideas somewhere in the middle, that, that we want to be careful of an extreme stance on either side of this, but to kind of look to the center line and say, how can we do something in such a way that it is both uh, true to the Bible and also um, is is respectable and is is uh, uh, giving given over to um, the moving and working of the Holy Spirit. And so really when when you try to accomplish those kinds of things, what ends up happening is, Ministry's messy, and people do things a lot of different kinds of ways. Um, I think the best way I could describe this is that where I try to hold a stance is to say that we believe in the the moving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and yet we we we're Pentecostal in that sense, if you want to call it that, but but with a seatbelt, if you could say that, you know, like we want to wear the seatbelt of Scripture and make sure that whatever we're doing is clearly defined and taught within the Bible. Um, and so I think that that's kind of a big thought to put out there first, if that makes any sense. Does that, does that kind of describe some of that stuff for you and kind of where you line up? Yeah. I mean, I've been going to Calvary for a long, long time. And so I, I am right there with you on that. I was just like confused because they were yeah. like, I, I clearly read them. First Corinthians 14, 27, 28, where it says that there's not an interpreter to keep silent in the church. And sure. And it seemed like they didn't just take that at face value. And so I was kind of uncomfortable with it. Um, because like, well, I wanna I don't wanna do things out of out of line of what the Bible has to say. Mm-hmm. Um so that's just where I was at on it. But the um I was just trying to explain it better to them because because they like I said, they asked their pastor about it and he came back saying, Well the the whole one to three tongues and uh, not to do it without an interpreter thing only applies like if you're speaking in tongues on the stage rather than yeah, like, like in a group of people group. Okay. all speaking yeah. in tongues. I can understand that idea. Uh, I get what you're saying. Um, so so here's where I would take this this conversation, I guess, a step further. One of the things I believe you said, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you were at like a men's retreat. Is that, is that right? Yeah. 
Okay. So I would say that as we're trying to apply this kind of stuff, it gets really, I guess, sort of sticky when we start applying the word church to the ideas of, of retreats and those kinds of things as well. Because sometimes the the way that we would interpret a church service, the way that we do, you know, even here and now, is that it's sort of this this public setting where a bunch of people, non-believers and believers alike, are all invited into it. And, you know, you just kind of never know what you're you're talking about and who you're discussing with, because uh, it it says there in First Corinthians fourteen that if you um, if people come in who aren't informed, then they're going to think you're crazy, right? And so that's kind of one of the the downfalls to using tongues or or that kind of a thing or emphasizing tongues in a public setting in that way. And so I could see how they may make an argument that we're we're doing a retreat and we're away and that kind of stuff. And so I, I might be able to see how they might use that kind of an, an argument for it, but. I think that to your point and what you're trying to communicate is to say that we want to do this in a way that is biblically responsible. And I think that you're absolutely right in thinking through that and just the the stance that you're taking and to say that, you know, I don't know that this was done in a way that would that was most honorable or most glorious to the Lord. And the reason being, because when, uh, e- even in that section in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, one of the things that it says there is in verse 1, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For, verse 2, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Um, And so I I think that, you know, kind of what you're you're describing there is, is that, it kind of becomes this situation where uh, there's an overemphasis upon the gift of tongues, which is clearly not what the Bible teaches. Right there in verse, you know, those verses I just read in chapter 14 of verse Corinthians, verses 1 through 3, uh, actually verse 4, uh, it all just emphasizes the fact that tongues is a valid spiritual gift, but it has to be used in such a way that 